Today's show is brought to you by Organifi, the best tasting green blend on the market. They're cold processed, guys, to retain all of the nutrients. And if you're looking to fill all the nutritional gaps and buffer out that new stress that your body has to deal with on a daily basis, check out Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the promo code SUCCESS to save 20% on your order. And now to today's show. I wake up every single day. I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in B-Smoke. You're not average. You're not even good. You were born to be great. What's going on, world? Welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined as always by the Bayesian sensation, Mr. Carl Wesley what Phillips. What's happening? Dr. Douglas Eric, the hip hop hater. hater. Hey, <laughs> I was thrown off because you had somebody else sitting to, to your to your left, I, and you yeah. said the Bayesian sensation. I was like, ain't quite Bayesian. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. But I got a, it. By association. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but then I got it. Like, okay, I know you're talking about Carl. I got we, it. we actually have another doctor in the building, and this Ooh, uh, is, man, I'm super excited to announce uh, for the first time ever joining us on the podcast, man, my brother from another mother. Another mother. Dr. Adam. Braxton Downs is Not in the building. The Braxton. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, no. So we got a a special guest today, guys, and we'll get into that and why he's here and what we're going to talk about in the whole nine. But I just want to know, and Dr. Downs is here, so he can speak to this because he's a Falcons fan. Uh, am I tripping, or did the Lions just get robbed? Uh, I'm talking uh, about the Lions uh, we just again. snatched. It- this is uh, the problem I have. Snatch a, a loss from the jaws of victory. Okay, you know I just said, <laughs> this is why I'm hurt, Adam, that we having this guy. He's, he is a very... No, they got cheated, though. Acknowledge that. I, let me acknowledge <laughs> this, though. I want to acknowledge this first. That C is a very intelligent young man. Very intelligent. <laughs> well, so, well, what they this say. Is where, this is where I have my downfall because I'd say, are we doing this again? And the UOU video, first of all, I'm never really hurt okay, by what C does. Okay, don't tell that story. Don't tell that story. But you owe you. Did we ever play the full part? No, I don't think so. Did we ever play the full thing? But C, Adam, he took his 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 rights, his his power, absolute power corrupts absolutely. <laughs> he took his power and took a piece out of the UOU video yeah, because I, I specifically did. referenced the Detroit Lions yeah, and finding a way to lose. Like he talked about, the Lions always find a way to lose. Can and we since find then, that? Is that in the lost file like, somewhere? Yo, the archive. Yeah, Please. No. So Adam is a Falcons fan, and he's here on behalf of all the Falcons fans in the world to say oh. they did not deserve to win that I game. I don't know that Go he's going to say that. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That they did not deserve to win the game. I don't know. I don't know about The Lions are supposed to be undefeated right now. But yet we got a loss. But let me tell you something. Winners let, win. Yeah, no, winners, winners win. win. Winners let me win. Tell you, but let me tell you, this is, and this is. And I love the Lions, by the way, because I don't want nobody no, no, from no, the Lions. Like, the Lions. you don't love me. I love you How guys. can you not love the Lions? Yeah, They're I like just, your lovable yeah. loser little cousin. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just, yeah. You Bad just love them. Winners win. Even on a 10-second roll-off, right? Exactly. Uh, who, 10 what, second roll Where did they come with this rule? Nobody has ever seen this rule. The Lions find ways to lose. Nobody's ever. Josh, have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard well, of the 10-second of the rule, runoff like at that you. point in life? The, the, the guys said they were ready to line up for another play, and they were like, no, no, game over. Not only uh-huh. did we mess the call up, the game's just over. Yeah. We only got a chance to make another play. Yeah. So just insane. But I will say this. Let me tell you something. This is a microcosm for life, though, because it here's is. what happens to the Lions, right? And, and, and you know, I'm not trying to predict the future, but what usually happens to the Lions is 
we lose something like this, and then you can't recover and you lose yeah. the next week. Yeah. You know, and that's what kills you. And a lot of you out there, for real, you get into that space where losing becomes a habit and you get used to losing and you think you were about to do something big and it don't happen and then you you really yeah, you start uh, the podcast off talking about it. Yeah, you start the podcast. Yeah. You never let it go. You I never let it go. You never let it go. Yeah, Jalen hit me right after too. Like, Dad, did you I'm like, I okay, son, what's going on? Yeah, I, I mean it's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they 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 robbed us. I'm like, yeah, well, where does win? Ridiculous. Yeah. And so everybody They coming to the Lions, the the the, the, the what is it called? The Cubs. You know, the yeah, ghost kind of came broke, off. Yeah, the curse is gone. Well, the Red Sox yeah, and the Cubs yeah, broke the curse. Yeah. So the Lions. Um, the next. Uh, well, unfortunately, our curse is just the playoff win. Like, right. you know what I mean? It ain't even the <laughs> right. chip. Like, our, our, our standards are very yeah, low. Yeah. Division. Well, we, division. We just need a division winner. Well, yeah. as, uh, as a Falcons fan, I, I, I do have to, to kind of speak up here. It's yeah. not like we have a long history yeah. of dominating right. as the Falcons. Yeah, right? which I we, went to two Super Bowls. Uh, well, and, we, yeah. and, we, and, and we didn't win. You're right, yeah. you're right. But at least y'all got to go to one. We ain't oh, let me tell you something. I, I tried to call Adam after the Falcons got came back home, and Adam was like, don't call me, don't talk <laughs> to me. Let's see, I'm shocked he's making calls during like, the game. No, no, after yeah. the game. Oh, after the game. Yeah, no, no, this was, no, this was about two weeks later. Oh. <laughs> he was still hurt. He was like, dude, I ain't turned on Sports Center. I haven't listened to Sports Talk is, Radio nothing since they me? lost. I, I thought that I'm was like, me, Adam. Oh, dude, I'm like the biggest like Mike and Mike fan, yeah. right? Love Mike and Mike. Yeah. I didn't watch it till like the like football season started. Yeah, like I just started watching it back. <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. that was just me. I don't know what it is. My team wins. I, I can go immediately to ESPN. I promise I can't. I'm like, I can't watch. I, I, no, I can't. You don't want to see no yeah, post game interview? Yeah. Especially yeah. when you lose the way we did. Yeah. It's I just, I can't. Yeah, no, it, it, that, that can't was. can't do it. Yeah, no, that was definitely more heartbreaking than, you know, game three of the <laughs> uh, regular season, for sure. Yeah. I get that. So maybe they gave y'all that because they felt bad that y'all had such a, a, a terrible. No, no look at it like that. Yeah, they <laughs> definitely deserve to be the Lions then because that was a, I mean, I was at the Super Bowl, of course, and it was definitely. But, um, but you have to admit the Lions look all right, though. They do. Oh, they, they do look. They, do they, look, they, they got a squad. They got a squad. They got a squad. To me, here's, because we want to make sure we always give you guys a lesson, but I think, you know, sometimes when you have an advantage, it can be a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So when you look at Megatron, yep. I think what happened was Stafford is just like, just like focus on Megatron and your offense kind of gets stagnant because this guy's got to create miracles every time. And now it's kind of like, <clears throat> I can imagine you on defense and you were looking at, you know, uh, you're studying the team. You don't, you can't say no it's going to, to this God. guy or this yeah. guy or this yeah. guy or this guy. You know, it can go anywhere at any time. You know, and I think it's kind of, you know, split, you know. And so I'm just saying for those of you who are listening to us, like for real, this is no disrespect, but I think sometimes when you're super smart, you know, sometimes when you have a lot of advantages, some of you look at the fact that, you, you know, you're disadvantaged, but sometimes that's good because you're not on anybody's radar. You know, nobody's watching, nobody's paying attention to you. You know, so, so for those of you who don't have an advantage, don't sit here and go, I don't have no advantages in life. Sometimes not having an advantage can be an advantage because it prepares you mentally just to get up every single day and grind. So, Ebron, I know you're listening to me. Stafford, I, I'm not sure if you're listening, but E, I know you're listening. Tell the Lions we love them, and we, we need y'all to make it happen this year, all right? And whatever all right. I need to do to support y'all, I'm, I'm willing to do it. And I just need to see CJ and my son happy, right? <laughs> I, I, I need to see, to see me happy. happy. You know what I'm saying? Um, real quick, want to check in on the 100-day challenge. Uh, Carl, hey, oh. 
I haven't oh, we, seen. Yeah. We, oh, you got you got photographs. No, 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 what's no, going no, on no over here? Yet. We oh, just gonna okay, reveal it. I'm, I'm gonna let Adam look okay, at it. Yeah. Right. Just, okay. Yeah. Just, just from the 16th. Okay. I like now, it. Now we locking it in at least hey. five miles a day. Good. That's what I like. Some of them. Some of them be five on the dot. Five on the dot. I got kids. I gotta get it in. I, I've been murdering the game, but last night was the first time we got home. We got off the we got off the plane at like right at nine, and man, I promise you, I the only thing I didn't do I didn't do my uh, pull up chin ups nothing. That's nothing, but I hadn't run my mile, and I'm talking about it was like it was nine thirty, nine forty, and I got on the treadmill. I promise you, I was the heaviest I've been in <laughs> six years. <laughs> My legs had lean. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. I felt each. I kept looking at the phone like, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" I, I had to play O M M O, um, lose yourself mm. twice to get through. I got I through, only get and one I was shot. like, this not, "I kept telling myself, e, you got one shot." And I was like, "But that shot is not now." <laughs> I kept saying, right, wait, not, not "You right gotta now. lose." I'm like, "Wait, well, yeah. I'm losing it right now." You're losing and, it. And, and you tell the truth, Adam. As soon as it hit a mile. I kept looking at it, it was like 90, not 0.93. I was like, <laughs> 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 it was the longest. Then I saw, well, I, was like, I didn't even stop the machine. Oh, no, I just got yeah, on the one side. Point, <laughs> one point out. They just tried to jump. Yeah, yeah. Like, Boy, cut that sucker off and went upstairs. My daughter does gymnastics. That's a straddle jump. Right, right, right. Exactly. So the reality is you have much more energy in the morning. So if there's anything serious you need to do, don't be like me and wait till 935, 940. Hey, we got a. I'd be remiss if we didn't do a gazelle of the week because we got one. So we'll hit my theme song real quick. So we got a gazelle of the week. Let me tell you this story. Hilarious. So I was third wheeling it over uh, the last few days. We went to Manhattan, in Manhattan and then we drove over to Philly. And E and Didi were together and my squad stayed in Michigan. So I was kind of third wheeling it. So of course, you know, E's the Pied Piper. Everywhere we go, he's got people coming up, you know, hey, pictures doing all this. So we go to Cheesecake Factory and it's on 10, right? Everybody want pictures, the whole nine. But one young man took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember my Chris, man there? No he, he know my man there. So <laughs> he comes up, right? And he's like, uh, we're sitting down and he comes up. Now, I didn't really know. I didn't see where he came from. He came out of nowhere and he was like, oh, man, I knew something was wrong because he said, you Eric Thompson. And so that Ooh. was my first clue that something Ooh. may have been slightly Just wrong. Slightly, y'all. He was yeah, a flamingo, though. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was a flamingo. Ah. One man was like, yo, I watch all your videos, bro. Eric Thompson, right? I said, like, absolutely. He's like, let me get a pick. Yes, I am. Yeah, right, right. So he's like, let me get a pick. So I was like, oh, okay. So I stood, I think I stood up, took the pick for him. He was like, man. Now, he, he got the white shirt on like he yeah, worked no at the Cheesecake Factory. So yeah. I'm still not sure if he worked there or not. But so this is what happens, right? So dude is like, Man, I just want to let you know your videos been blessing me, Mr. Thompson. And, no um, that. That's said, how I know they really been blessing. <laughs> he said, I want to do you. Yeah. He's like, look, you know, I want to give you this. No question. You know, as just an honor, you know, for what you've done for me. No question. So he gives E this like, um, almost like you know, a gift card comes in like a little packet, yeah. right? Beautiful package, by yeah, the way. Yeah, beautiful package. Beautiful package. And he's like, by yo, the way. it's for you know, you spend thirty dollars here, it's a, a piece of free cheesecake. So I'm pretty sure between the three of y'all, y'all got. 
$30. So piece of cheesecake on me. Nice gesture. I'm like, I wow, love it. this is great. He like, I don't really do the cheesecake. I'm like, I don't really do it. You know what I'm saying? Didi like, oh, I'm straight. But of course, we get done eating yeah. and then we like, well, we got the free yeah. gift card. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Winning wrong. Right. It's no great. Question. It's small. They got the pumpkin cheesecake. Yeah. So I'm like, bet. Let's just do our thing. So he hands it to me. I'm like, I'm going to go redeem it at the front, you know, get our hookup. So he hands it to me and I open it up. There's nothing in there. Like, Ooh, the gift card is the not paper, there. Though. I thought the no, paper no. was the magic. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. The paper was there, but I was like, no, no, no. You know the little card. Uh, yeah, 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 right. But I didn't catch that. But here's I thought the thing. This was electronic boy. The glue dots. <laughs> scan that yeah. The glue dots were on there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the little glue, sticky glue yeah. where the card is supposed to be yeah. is on there, right? <laughs> so I'm like, Yo, the card is so he's like, oh, surely he's a fan of Mr. Thompson's. So <laughs> he gotta have it. He gotta have the, the card. Flamingo. He probably just forgot to yeah. stick it <laughs> on there. So I'm like, so me and Diddy was like, <laughs> me and Diddy was like, all right, man, let's just go. We had walk. First of all, I didn't say this part of the story. He had us walk eight miles out the wrong way to get the Cheesecake Factory, some kind of way. It was like, not, Cheesecake Factory was literally like 30 seconds behind the hotel. He had us walk for an hour and a half in the wrong direction. <laughs> and I did, but I said I wanted to make sure when I do the podcast, I, me and Carl talk about this, but Carl, I don't know if you remember, uh, we walked to the he podcast, get everybody we had on his your size. kids. You remember that? You had Jordan and Jesse. We had just left our conference. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to, what was, yeah, the, name, yeah, what was the name of that restaurant yeah, yeah. we all um, went to? The, the Saturday night you're talking about. Yeah, what was the name of that restaurant we went to? Matt, uh, Jordan Johnson. Uh, no, no, I'm saying right across the street. We went as a oh, group. Oh, Maggiano. Maggiano. So you remember, my, yeah. so we decided not to go. Yeah. So you remember the walk we took? Yeah. We took a walk. Yeah. And you remember we, how we got back? You remember how we got back? It was way short of coming back. But you remember mm, how we got oh, back? We jumped in the whip. Absolutely. Yeah, we took yeah, cabs back. Yeah. So I'm like, it was the same thing. Okay. So when we went though with C and went the wrong way, but then when we came to say, it was like around the corner. But I said it had. I remember okay, we so walked. Okay. So what is the point though? The <laughs> point was it was close, but I think because of the way they told us to go, to go, it was long. Because you had the kids, and we had to get in the, like they got us. Philly beat us. Mm-hmm. We literally. See, he's right. It was right around the corner, but we took a cab back. So no, we walked. Cab. Yo, we walked for like an hour and a half, and then all of a sudden we of hit another you know, race. See, he's going to exaggerate. How long <laughs> did we walk? We walked. Okay, about an hour. It wasn't no hour, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> no, hour. no, listen. This we're stopping. Uh, no, 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 no. But it was no, no, no. We walked thirty minutes to the joint. Definitely not thirty. Yeah, we, e, we took like forty pictures. No, no. <laughs> like we had to stop every thirty seconds to permit Kendall's in the building, so I just want to be honest, Kendall. It wasn't a, it wasn't an hour like these no, or thirty no, minutes no. like these. <laughs> of course, it took thirty because we was all we were just strolling and chilling. Then I realized, yo, I took them the wrong way because I. But the whole of, time he's saying, "I got it. It's right around this corner." And every and it, time we turn, he's like, "Oh, this right ain't it." This this ain't it. <laughs> then he starts trying to convince Diddy that. Remember last time we walked for like no, forty-five minutes. He's not telling the truth. <laughs> I would ask people, "Where's Mark?" They like go that way. All right, so I go. I'm saying, where's Margaret? They like it's still that way. I'm like, okay, you sure? So of course, but I'm 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 tripping on C because C's saying all of this, knowing that I, Carl, that I'm not the one. But he gonna let me be the guy. But today. I because you were so confident. Transformation. Yeah. No, I'm saying he was right so here. confident. After the first, I, so if it took us an hour and a half, after the first thirty, he should have said, well, no, "Let I, me take back the over this." For the first hour, I just thought yeah. you just was I'm interested just in taking a long walk. I even said something. Hold on, I even said something to you and Diddy. I said, "Yo, this." 
it's the oh, long walk. Oh, oh. I'm like, I'm not mad at it going to eat, right. but I'm like, after I eat, Absolutely. I'm not sure I'm trying That's to make this walk. He's right. And he said, oh, me and Diddy love to take these long walks I after because I get my steps in. But, so, I, so Carl, forgive me for thinking we were still on the right track because he didn't make it seem but like that. the hour was and a half, it wasn't an hour and a half. But like he said, he was third-legged, so I, I was want to say, that me and Diddy was walking behind. He tried to hurry up. I'm like, I'm walking behind. I just said, Carl, I was wrong, but we took a cab back. So I'm like, really going through my brain like they beat us because there was no reason. Yo, the cheese, yo you could have hit the cheesecake back with a rock have. from the hotel. Yeah, when we came you could have threw a rock and hit that joint. When we came out to Marriott the next day when he was gone, we went right back. And I promise you, it wasn't six minutes. So I'm thinking like, yo, remember we took, and not only did we take one cab, yeah, we had to y'all had up. to get a cab, we, we had up. to get a cab, yeah. and both. I remember y'all got there and was like, what took y'all so long oh, to get there? Yeah. So I'm just saying, Philly, I love y'all, but I realized on yesterday I messed up, but y'all beat me because we took two <laughs> cab cabs. Rode y'all around for oh, an hour I, and I promise you they did. Charged $500. Oh, at least 15 off. minutes. Right, right, yeah. right. At least 15 minutes. At no point you thought to bust out the Google Maps? No. Well, well I, we I, had I, it. Yeah, we look, did Look, we did. It. Once I figured yeah. out he had no idea where he's going, <laughs> yeah. of course I did, and we walked straight yeah. to the Cheesecake Factory, but it was back an hour to For an hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half. So anyway, this is, Dude, this, is the point. <laughs> this is besides the point, uh, right? Get yeah. back to the gift card. All right. All right. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Gift card, Adam. Yeah. And then, Adam, you here. I want to make sure we give you your tie, Adam. So we get back. So so we go up. So I'm like, okay, the gift card not in there. It, so me and Diddy like, look, we've been walking for three hours. We ready to go back to the hotel. Let's just chill. He like, no, I feel some kind of way. My man done played me with the gift card. So he like, Yo, where's my man at? So we scoured. Now, mind you, it wasn't a lot of people working. It was just regular afternoon. We're looking all over the place. My man is nowhere to be found. I'm talking about nowhere to be found. So we like, all right. So E like, so we like, all right, E, let's go. We can't find my man. E like, no, hold up. <laughs> so we go up to the counter. He's like, y'all want to redeem this for a free piece of cheesecake? And he just hands the lady the slip with no card in it. What was he another thinking, fan? Yeah, the, right. The other dude was a little dude who finally came. So with he was too. like. Free piece of cheesecake. And he looked at the thing and was like, oh, I don't know about this. So let me go get the manager. So the manager comes back and we could maybe give him a du- double gazelle of the week. Oh, I'm talking oh. double gazelle. Because he oh, came, some, our food wasn't right. He came yeah. and took our food back, right? So he had already had an interaction with us. We go up to the counter to try to redeem this fake gift card. The manager comes out and goes, hi, will three of you be eating? <laughs> we looked at my man and was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, bro, we didn't say Anyway, no, that's, yeah, literally, he came to the yeah, table. Yeah, he came to the thing. It was like, yeah, he was already I'm at the table. I'm talking about a, a full-blown conversation. Full-blown conversation. We saw my man five minutes later. He was like, well, three of you be dining with us today? Awareness. We were like, bro, what? So anyway, that's not the, the, the point. So then he's like. That is the point. So then, so then we show him. So then he's like, yeah, where's Chris? <laughs> he's trying to find Chris. So he was like, who? He was like, I don't really. He didn't look like he knew what he was talking about. And so he was like. What, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I want to redeem this cheesecake. He said, first of all, this promotion was over like six months ago. Yeah, three months This, months this months ain't ago. been in existence for like the last yeah. six months. Hold up. Stop. Wait, hold up. Yeah. Stop. So my man was like, so who gave this to you? And Chris. he was like, yeah, Chris. Chris gave it to you. So my yeah. man runs off looking for Chris. He can't find Chris. And long story short, we just end up leaving with no cheesecake. Mm. But my man came and straight gay E the dummy gift. Now it watch just, this. Now did he so, really work there? We, okay, so I don't know. Okay, so we never saw him again. So we but went back man, the next day. Oh, oh, yeah, it's more to the story. Yeah, okay, and I okay. went back the next day. Now I'm just gonna be honest with y'all. You know, I ain't. I'm a, I'm a flamingo. So after it's over, I'm not holding you to that. It's over. It's like whatever. 
So we get in and um, we get in and I forgot. I'm gonna be honest. See, I forgot about the gazelle of the day. You know what I'm saying? I forgot. Oh, so yeah, I no, get I there. It's a new young lady who serves us. We get there first, right? We sit down and, you know, we're waiting for our stuff and we just didn't even have a casual conversation now. Chris comes out of nowhere and comes up oh, to the Oh, he did? Chris came out of nowhere. No way. Soothed him. Yeah, oh, looking good. Chris came out of nowhere. Oh. And Chris was like, um, Mr. Thomas, Thompson, I'm sorry, Mr. Thompson, <laughs> forgot my name. Mr. Thompson, I want to apologize for yesterday. I feel terrible about the cheesecake. Oh, for real? Yeah, he said, what, ha- what had happened was, yeah, what had happened was, he said it, w- it was older, but I was still going to get it for y'all because I told him who you were. He said, so what had happened was, in some kind of way, the car slipped. I, and when I pulled the thing out, the car got stuck oh. in the thing. Not mind you, though. I was so I was with D, so I wasn't even on the cheese. Like I said, I don't eat cheesecake, you know. Uh, and so anymore, I've never eaten cheesecake. Like my thing All is right. like cake. I don't, I don't like cheesecake, uh, especially not from a cheesecake factory. Um, and so he said it was the car was mm. in his apron. Okay. So somehow the glue, came the glue came undone. The glue came, came off undone. the glue. The glue ball ah. off the. This is a story. Oh, for yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, all you entrepreneurs, don't let the glue <laughs> let come see, off right, the glue. Let me see you get yeah. a principle yeah. out of that. It's, it's <laughs> no, the, the glue off the glue. So, but, but he was like, are you straight? I was like, are you straight? Because the supervisor was looking for you. <laughs> right, I'm make sure you're straight. And so my man proceeded to tell me like, yo, I'm just being real. Me and the supervisor, we cool. I've been here for years. He wasn't tripping. I just want to make sure you okay, because no, that was it. I was like, you had us looking crazy with a dummy like, gift whatever. card. I, I was like, whatever. Cheesecake factory I'm looking at us like, why are they trying yeah, to redeem an eight month old? Yeah, no, but, but, but he right. did come back and was like, yo, if you want it, I can make it happen. I'm like, bro, I'm good. Uh, nah, I I'm good. I'm with my girl. But listen, do not, this is a, for all my babies out there, do not overpromise under deliver. Mm. All right? Do not overpromise under deliver. I know it's, and, I, and let's just, I'm going to be honest with y'all. C and Carl may not have this problem. This is a flamingo problem, all right? <laughs> this is definitely a flamingo problem. Is that, and the thing is, you, as a flamingo, you want to make everybody happy, right? That's just your thing. You want to make everybody happy. You want everybody to lead the party, you know, pumped up, excited. You want everybody to have a phenomenal time. And so what you do is you overpromise because you're trying to make everybody happy. And you're not thinking about it. That's all I need you to do. Flamingos, you're out there. You know what I'm talking about. There's a 33rd and a third that are listening and that you feeling me. The other group, y'all like the gorillas don't know nothing about what mm-hmm. I'm talking about right now, uh-huh. about making everybody happy in the room, right? Um, and, yeah, they don't know. Yeah, yeah, right. And so um, I, I used to do that, y'all, and it, it gave me a terrible reputation. Here's the deal. You don't want to lose off of, you didn't even do nothing wrong, but running your mouth. That was the only thing you did wrong. So pull back on the on the mouth running thing. Don't don't guarantee people stuff that you cannot guarantee. And and they taught me this. And I know this is gonna be hard for my flamingos. Under right under promise. Like don't and then over deliver. Right. Don't don't do that. But I know it's gonna be tough. I used to do it. Oh yeah, I can come to yo. Oh yeah, I can come. Oh when I'm in town, I could. Oh yeah, I got yo. Oh yeah, here go to for the. Cheesecake, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, I remember listening to you tell people, yeah, 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 I'm gonna come to the little birthday yep. party. I'm like, e, you know yep. you ain't going. Why yep. are you even saying that? Flamingo. I remember hearing you say yeah. that. Flamingo. I'm yeah. like, you, you know you're not yeah. going. Flamingo. Well, you don't know that you're not going. You, 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 you think if there's a ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just being real. If it's ten percent, wow. it's a flamingo trait. If it's ten percent, 
Why? Because it's people. And you want to make people happy, and you know by you showing up to the I'm up, like, e, you realize you got nine speaking engagements absolutely. in six states That's today. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying, and we'll get to that. It's an addiction. We'll get to that later on today. <laughs> no I'm doubt. just saying, for no Flamingo, it is a it nice, is, it is nice an addiction. Segue. Yeah, yeah we'll no doubt. Yeah. Um, so now, man, I want to uh, quickly get to the reason we're here, man. We got Adam uh, Downs, Dr. Downs here with us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's been at a bunch of our conferences and a lot of you have met and seen him if you've been out to our conferences. But Dr. Downs is a, a dear, dear friend of mine. Actually, man, I'd say responsible for Your me getting degree? my master's oh, no degree. Doubt. All right. <laughs> so in return for helping me get my master's degree, I introduced him to his wife. So, oh, you know, we, so it, it, I think it, you won up yeah. on that one. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we have a long history, but um, man, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you for being here. Um, Adam is a recovery specialist. He is, uh, the reason I wanted him here today, one, not just because he's a friend, he is one of the foremost thought leaders and practitioners yes. in the space of you know, yes. addiction and recovery. He's been in this space for a long time. I wanted him to come on here and not only share his story, but talk about you know, how he pushes the envelope. I think we can all um, you know, point to situations and people and things in our lives where addiction has you know, destroyed families, where uh, addictions, you know, you know, some of these addictions have, you know, uh, e even for E, you know, he's talked about them for years, how they've been negative cycles and generational cycles in the family. And so real quick, I want to just jump into the story a little bit, though, Adam, because, you know, we always, you know, think of, you know, maybe like people who go through certain things as, you know, coming from a certain demographic or, you know, being from, you know, the wrong side of the tracks, if you will. But your story is a little different. Um, talk about, you know, one, kind of how, you know, you got into the field, um, but, but even furthermore, take it back to when your addiction began and, and kind of how that thing spiraled out of control and where it went from there. Adam, can I ask you a quick question, though, before we go there? Because we, we I just talked about that little situation, and you, you are, um, you, you know, you are, you know, the, the man in this field. Would that be considered an addiction or lying? <laughs> Lying is an addiction. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. I didn't know at all. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt like it was an addiction, but as I listened to Carl, he tried to make it seem like more like lying to folks. I think it's probably a, a gray area somewhere between the two. Right, 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 right. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. But no, so yeah, talk to us, Adam. Like, so, and I just want to get into the story. You know, I, I obviously I know it, you know, fairly well, but. Um, you know, take us back to, you know, wh whatever it was when you kind of, you know, began that, you know, substance abuse uh, pattern in life and kind of where that led you to. So, well, you know, listen, I appreciate y'all having me here and here. no doubt. Um, you know, listen, I'll, I'll kind of go into my story a little bit, but I kind of what made me think of something was when you were talking about the the prejudice and some of the. You know, uh, this is the, the kind of the stereotypes of, of addicts and stuff like that. And um, something that's really interesting, I read a study just the other day that talked about if you come from an affluent community and if, or, and or you go to a private school, you're four times more likely to be diagnosed with a substance abuse disorder. More likely. More likely. So everybody, you know, so often people want to say, oh, this is like an inner city problem. Or, yeah, of course. You know, and, and it's not. I mean, you know, listen, the thing, addiction, addiction does not dis discriminate. Right. It doesn't right. care how old you are, what color you are, 
how much money you got, who your daddy is. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about any of that stuff, yep. you know. And um, so, you know, with me, you know, I, you know, listen, I, I went to private school. Mm-hmm. I came from an affluent community. You know, mm-hmm. I was blessed to come from a from a family that was successful. And um, but, you know, listen, everybody's everybody. Uh, responds to things in a different way. I took my first drink of alcohol at 10 years old. Hmm. You know, I can't necessarily tell you why, right. you know, it just, it was in the, it was in the little bar, little, little liquor cabinet thing that my parents had in a, in a room that, and my parents didn't drink. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even really know why they had, they probably had bottles that people would like giving them at Parties Christmas or, or something, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, so it was easy to steal it because they would. My parents would never no, it was know it was yeah. gone because yeah. they never even looked at it. But I took my first drink at ten years old. You know, I started I started smoking at fourteen. Mm. You know, but I wasn't like the type of you know smoker that was like, hey, I'll try this, and uh, you know, who knows when I'll try it again. Right. Like I tried it, and then I was like, then I bought a bunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, like literally. After I smoked the first time, I never was comfortable not at least knowing I had some in the house. Hmm. Like, I just had to have it around. Even if I wasn't going to smoke it, at least I knew it was there. Right, right. right. If I need it. Hmm. And that was, you said 14? 14 years old. started that, uh, yeah, no, that's incredible. And then, of course, as high school goes on and things of that nature, you're out of private school. And how does, so so that's kind of when the addiction began, when, when you kind of knew you had, you know, this thing. And, and I think the thing that, you know, and we'll talk about it, but I think the thing that always boggles my mind is you got some people who, you know, can go out on the weekend and have a couple drinks and, you know, maybe not drink for another two weeks or maybe, you know, right. or, or, you know, they smoke the joint and now they don't need to smoke again for, you know, another, you know, a month or two. It doesn't really matter until, you know, they're out socially. But you're, you're saying once you started, there was this like innate, desire to have to either have it on you or do it as often as possible. Yeah, you know, I went out on the weekends and drank with my buddies too, you Mm -hmm. know. The thing is, like, Monday hit, they stopped. Right. You know, they went back to school. Right. Like, I I went to school, I would just either jump. (laughs) I'd either drink before school, Mm -hmm. smoke before school. I mean, I I was on ADHD medicine. I was abusing it Mm -hmm. before, during school. Um, taking other drugs at school. And this is my senior year, really things were kind of, you know, kind of crazy. Um, you know, listen, I played, I played baseball. I was recruited to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I gave, all, you know, I could have gone to a smaller school, but that school didn't party like the school I wanted to go to. Right. I thought, you know, I, I, I convinced myself, oh, I'll walk on, mm-hmm. you know, at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, I never even... I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you where the baseball field was. Cause like in the UOU, and you're like, where the, where the all blacks? <laughs> you ask me where the baseball stadium was, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I can tell you where the, where the liquor store is. Right. I can tell you where the, where the, where the dealer is. And, and so you get into college, and, and the addiction obviously is. Well, yeah, because then it, you know, what happens with, with so many people, all of a sudden that structure and that monitoring is gone, right? Yep. Like, I could go out and party in high school, but I did have to at least, like, hit the Waffle House and get some cup of coffees in because mm-hmm. I know I was going to have to go home, and I couldn't just be out right. of control. Right. You know? It, there was no mm-hmm. monitoring when I got to college. Right. I made my own rules. Yep. Right 
Yeah. I made, and I said, and when you got somebody who has no business and setting structure and rules and boundaries, mm-hmm. which was me, I had no business doing that for myself because I had no idea how to do it. So I didn't do it. Right. And then it was just loose. Everything was loose. And so then you ended up getting, did you, did you drop out or did you get kicked out of Ole Miss or? No, I, I, dro- I, I dropped out. I left, you know, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't the problem. Right? right? Ole Miss was the problem. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Problem. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I wasn't the problem. It was, it was Ole Miss. It was the people at Ole Miss. You know, I'd, I'd gotten, you know, I'd got, you know, listen, when the fraternity kicks you out because you're doing too many drugs. Yeah, you're doing a couple. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's next level, yeah. right? That's a bit much. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, yeah. It's funny. The standard actually, they, ain't that high. They yeah. didn't <laughs> even kick me out. They didn't even let me in. Yeah. They was like, right? you're too out of control. I got blackballed yeah. before it, we even started. Yeah. <laughs> Before Rush Week. They were like, they're like, Rush Week, third week of school. Like, my man's up in the upstairs area of the house, which Rushies are not allowed to be in, doing cocaine. Like, he just owns this place. So, that was me. I was, that's what I was doing. Wow. And they were like, no, he ain't for us. Right. And he so, can't be a part right. of this organization. Right. And so now cocaine is in the picture. Absolutely. Alcohol. Any, listen, garbage can. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think one of the craziest stories is, you know, you told me that you had gotten so out of control when you were in college that once the party was over and, you know, everybody was gone or everybody was asleep and everything and there was no alcohol left and the stores were closed, you'd go around and just, like, shake the empty cans of beer yeah. and stuff and just start oh, wow. drinking all the cans that were left that had anything in it. Wow. Yeah, and the only like, reason you shake them, people think you shake them, to, to see, see if there's it. booze in it. But now you shake it to see if you put the cigarettes out in it. Right, right. And so that's terrible. You'd be hitting that last little sip and here comes a cigarette butt. Oh yeah, no, that, that yeah, oh, no. Yeah. And Ooh, so intimate. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, either, either cover your ears. Either. This ain't nothing. They didn't do this at Oakwood. <laughs> it's a different, it's a different uh, hookup. Yeah, we're not so, on campus. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Right. So, so now cocaine is in the picture. Um, and I wanna I wanna you know, get to kind of where you knew, when, when did you know, um, you know, it was getting out of control? Because right now you're saying you're blaming other people. And obviously that is, you know, one of the first signs is you start blaming everybody else's fault. Everybody yep. else is, you know, yep. out of touch. You're still doing okay. You're in control. Like, when did it start really going downhill to the point where, um, you know, it was, your family knew and, you know, things were getting... Yeah, you know, one thing that I did have a pretty good skill set at was manipulation and lying, mm-hmm. you know, and I could put on a pretty good fake front to my family mm-hmm. and make it seem like I was okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, but really the wheels were coming off. But, you know, you know, listen, I had, you know, I was driving, you know, I was driving down to Florida once a week, picking up large amounts of cocaine and bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to support my habit. Mm. I wasn't even really making that much. I mean, this is how you know that you, you got a problem. I, I had the ability to, I could have sold all the product and, and made a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. But I would sell enough of the product to have a little bit of money and a big pile of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Because I was more interested, that cocaine was worth way more than the money to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, what happened was I finally, um, you know, God finally intervened and I got arrested, you know, and, um, and I think that at that, at that moment, when, when I, when I kind of, I was, I was definitely very intoxicated during my arrest, but Mm -hmm. at that moment, um, 
I did start to, you know, when I sobered up, start to see mm-hmm. that. When you got arrested, what did, what did you get arrested for and what did you have on you? Well, this, but the first time, mm-hmm. um, I got arrested for, we just got pulled over for speeding. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had been smoking a blunt. Mm-hmm. So they searched the car, they found marijuana, pills, cocaine, cash. So I got arrested for all that. Yikes. Possession. Yep. For speed. Yeah. Yeah, and speed. Yeah. Yeah. That was just a, Wasn't too worried about the speed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was the main one. Yeah. Yeah. And so that started the yeah, started, right. that started the evening ball. off. Yeah. yeah. And so then you get arrested with all this and you you got charged. I did, I got charged. Um, you know, just with some some misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Really, the so I, I acted the fool. Mm-hmm. when I got arrested, because I was so out of my mind, I was trying to tell the cop that this was a victimless crime. Yeah. And, <laughs> right, right. and no question it was, though. Right, you know, I'm not yeah, hurting yeah, anybody but me. Let me hurt me, don't worry about it. You hurt you, hurt you. Yeah. you hurt you, I love it, I love it. So I'm trying to persuade the state trooper mm-hmm. that he should just let me go, because we're right at the exit, he can keep the car, I'll walk. And he wasn't having that. No, it didn't sound like a good plan. As Trey would say, Daddy, I don't like that plan. No. I don't like that plan. He didn't like that plan at all. So I, um, I, I might have taken a swing at my man. Okay. Now, now right. remember, I'm pretty intoxicated, right. so it's probably the slowest swing <laughs> on earth, right? Because right? uh, he just kind of like leaned back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. they proceeded to, uh, to cuff me yeah. and put me in the back of the car. And well, the window was cracked in the back of the car, and I'm trying to tell, they cuffed me, I was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, it's not very comfortable. But they weren't paying attention to me, so I leaned back, and I kicked out the windshield. Oh, okay. And I stuck my head out, and I was like, can you hear me now? I think right. I started, Verizon never right. sent me a royal. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. And um, no, they didn't like that one either. So... <laughs> When I stood in front of that Just judge. adding to the chart. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, oh, absolutely. By the time we get to the station, it's like nine felons. So I get, so by the time I'd get in front of the judge, he's like, you can't behave that way. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. So you're going to spend 30 days in our county jail. Yeah. And that and was, and it's had, months had gone by since then. I was actually in a treatment center, like a long-term okay. treatment so saw, center so trying to get sober. So when you saw treatment that first time, that was the first time you ever saw treatment. Yep. Did, did your mom and dad get involved in that process? Did they know what was going on then? Because I know you were hiding and manipulating. Oh, man. I, you know, I don't think they were terribly su- surprised. I think they knew yeah, something was absolutely. off, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I just don't think they knew everything. But because of the way I'd been acting, the judge had said, there's no bond. Like, we're going to keep him, mm. you know? And my mom had, had come down there and said, let me talk to him. I'll, he'll act right. Right. You know, no question. And they were like, "Well, ma'am, for you to talk to him, you're going to have to walk back down the felony ward, the felony wing, and go stand in front of his cell." My mom said, "Okay." Mm. So here I am in this cell, trying to be all hard, right? Uh, here comes Mama. Yeah. And Mama's standing at the jail cell. Son, get your get your I'm up, you know. So I stood there and she said, you got two choices. It's April. Your court date's in July. You can stay here or you can come with me and we're going to rehab. Mm-hmm. 
So, rehab sounded good. Yeah, for sure. Right? And so you go that first time yep. and get clean. Yeah, got clean. Right? And so how long were you clean that time? Just over two years. Okay. And so... And I think wow. that's the thing. Yeah, two and, years. And I know. I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I thought no thirty free. days. Yeah. Yeah. Habit. I, you no, think no. two years and some change? It's you free. You didn't kick in, and you good uh, now. So right, two yeah. years go by, and then how? And I think this is the thing that those of us who've never had a, a, a super problem with addiction can't understand. You saw their reaction is like, okay, two years. You get over the physical dependency. There is yep. no physical dependency. Your life has to be looking better than it was before. Oh, absolutely. What happened when you? ended up reusing uh, that, that next time after that two years. So this is what happened. And this is why I love what y'all do and what your message is. Because what happened was I didn't stay ready. Mm-hmm. And life happened. Mm-hmm. Right? I lost my grandfather, who was incredibly important to me in my life. About two months later, my mom had a crazy reaction to a medication mm-hmm. and went into a coma. And was in a coma for almost four months. Wow. And what I had not done, I had not stayed ready. Mm-hmm. I'd quit going to my 12-step meetings yeah, as right. much. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. kind of started. Yeah. I'd, I'd met a little girl. Oh, was hanging with the girl. <laughs> the and she was, right? And she wasn't a good, a good influence on me. Yep. And, um, and, and I, the, things that I did, the things that I had to do to keep me moving toward what I wanted to do in life, mm-hmm. which I still was... A little fuzzy on at that point in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still. I mean, you're talking. About I was 22 years old. Yeah. Um. I had quit doing the, some of those things. So when life happened. Yep. When 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 Granddaddy died and when Mama got sick and I'm going and I'm visiting my mom in the ICU and she's got tubes. My skill set to to cope with stress. Yeah. The number one, the number one, um, thing that leads to relapse in drug addiction is stress. Mm. Well, that was a very stressful time. Mm-hmm. So I then justified to myself, well, I could probably smoke some pot and it'd be okay. I won't do anything else. I'll just smoke some pot. Yeah. So I smoked some pot. And then I was like, hey, that's pretty good. So I kept smoking it, kept smoking it. Within a week, I took a pill. Mm-hmm. The same day I took my first pill, I bought 100 pills. Wow. Within yeah, 30 you just had to have it just in case. You need it. Yeah. I mean, you go from one to a hundred. Like that's in, that, that's well, Drake said it. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Zero to a hundred. Wow. Real quick. Um, so you go from one to well, a hundred. One is too many. A thousand never enough. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Say that one more time. One is too many. A thousand is never enough. Yeah. I love and it. so now you. So now you're you're back on this. Yeah. Slide. So within thirty days of smoking pot, I had about a fifteen hundred dollar a week opiate habit. So you, I, rem- you, I remember you were telling me, and all this is so crazy because, of course, I met Adam, you know, in year whatever of his sobriety. Probably like six or seven. Yeah, and so, you know, to see him now and, you know, see him with his family and stuff, you would never think that. But you said there was a time where, during that time, where you were on opiates literally all day, every Absolutely. day. Absolutely. And that was like the scariest thing to me because you just lose all touch with reality. You got a little sister. Your mom's sick. I'm sure they need, you know, you to be there. And I'm sure you're just not even communicating with them like you should be probably because of the addiction and things like that. And so talk to us about now, because then you kind of became like a a, a drug kingpin for a little while. Once you, you know, once that started to happen, you started traveling. Let's let's do the math. I mean, two grand a week, 52 weeks. 
you know, a year. That's that's over a hundred thousand dollars a year. I, you know, I had no no college education, no true skill set. You know, I think at one point I had a job at like Smoothie King or something. Mm-hmm. They ain't paying six figures, mm-hmm. but I needed six figures just to stay high, right? And right. then live on top of that, right? right. Rent, bills, mm-hmm. food. Um, so the only way I knew how to, you know, make this all work was tap into the what I call my negative entrepreneur. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, and, uh, and, and and Adam would travel to concerts. Like yeah, Adam, yeah. he still does that. Um, but he's, you know, would go around to these concerts where you know everybody and you're the man yeah. and there probably was a, even, I would imagine, a sense of, hey, I am somebody, even though I'm oh, a junkie absolutely. and all of these absolutely. things that you were calling yourself, you were still the man, like, in that circle, you know what I mean? Oh, you, you still, like, people, you know, knew you, you know, they called oh, you Big Perm or whatever. Big Perm, absolutely. And they would come up to you at the concerts and everybody knew you had the stuff and they yeah, would buy it's, it from it's you. This, and, this false image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This false image of worth and importance and... Um, you know, that you think that, you know, it's easy to fall, you know, you know, listen, this, 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 this scene is successful because I'm here selling all these drugs and like all these people selling drugs for me and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's the... But it's all not true. Because right. guess firm, what? Big like, firm. My right. first time here. Right. Yeah, yeah, big firm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never heard such big a... Big firm. Yeah. Okay, good. No, big yeah. firm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, and so... I got curly hair. And so real quick, I want to I wanna, I wanna get through the story because I want to start yeah. talking about some stuff, you know, like even, you know, generational cycles and things of that nature throughout. Um, but so then you fast forward... Um, you get arrested again, and got this time got arrested again. This time's a little bit more serious. Yeah, and so wow. this time you get arrested. What what do you have on you? Under undercover DEA uh, agent uh, sold. Um, so they got me for uh, distribution, mm-hmm. um, and then about six counts of possession with intent to distribute. Wow. wow. Um, so they had me with a lot of a lot of product. It was a lot. Uh, you know, like 500 pills of ecstasy, 2,500 pills of LSD, 100 rehyphenols, mm. um, three and a half grams of pure MDMA, about seven, eight thousand dollars cash. The only thing I understood there was cash. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the cash part. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I knew that unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahead, yeah. Well, right. So, but, so, but here's the thing. Yeah. This is how this is how illogical and crazy addiction is. Like, I still thought I was okay because my whole time in my relapse, I was out for about a year, I never did cocaine, I never drank. So therefore, I was good. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm doing $1,500, $2,000 with the opiates a week, but I'm not doing cocaine. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm not drinking. So in your mind, you're still sober. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Those were my problems. Right. Yeah. And so the crazy part about this is your mom's now out of a coma. Right. Mom, mom's like, you know, make, making a full recovery at that point. Yeah. And so this was the craziest part. So Adam never said a thing to his family the entire so he's going through trials, paid for his own lawyer. I mean like going through a full blow like a blown like court case, like wow. everything and you did not tell your folks that you were going to prison no. until the day you were sentenced? Yeah, the day after I was sentenced. The day after he was sentenced, he called his folks and was like basically what was it 3 years? Yeah, well, I was sentenced to 10 years. Yep, sentenced to 10 years. So imagine getting a call from your son and out of the blue wow. and just saying, I'm going to prison hey, Mom, for 10 years. How right? you doing? Yeah, yeah. this ain't good. Yeah. So some, listen, got some news. Some stuff kind of went down while yeah. you were asleep. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. 
So, yeah. so, so well, here, here it go. So now, and of course, you know, at that point, you you were doing heroin, right? Where, yeah, well, addicted, well, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, and that that kind of thing. And so now you go to prison, and you got to get detoxed. Right. And now they don't have a very good detox program in prison. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, you just kind of lay there, yeah. sweat. No, I got you. So, so now just you go, you go to prison, and I mean, what what is going on in your mind now? Like this, this, the it's finally hitting you, right? Like, okay, I've made some bad. Right, but I mean, even like right, you know, before I got locked up and and stuff, I'd have people, you know, people that loved me. We were like, dude, you're out of control. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, it's it's out of control. And I would just tell them, like, look, I'm a junkie. I'm always going to be a junkie. I'm going to die a junkie. You know, I tried sobriety. It didn't work. Mm. And that's kind of where I was at with it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, 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 I tell this story all the time. I was sitting on my couch by myself. I had a gallon Ziploc bag full of dope. I had probably about $30,000 cash laid out on the table. And I was sitting there crying, wanting to kill myself. Mm. But couldn't get up the courage to shoot myself. Mm. I had all the dope I could want. I had all the money I could want. And I didn't, I didn't even want to breathe anymore. Wow. And it's so scary. when I got to prison, it was like, it was a break. Mm-hmm. I didn't. It was harder to live than it was. Yeah. It was harder to live on the streets at that point than it was to live in prison. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, once again, God intervened. He wasn't done with me. Mm-hmm. And he uh, put me in a situation where I could take a break and I could breathe and I could slow down. Yeah, I think, I think one of the most, you know, incredible parts of that story that, you know, when I hear it is, your mom, she was in a panic and she wants her son back, of course. And so she called, one time you called from prison and she's like, we got the lawyers and we got the appeals and we're setting up this and we're setting up that. And you told her no. You're yeah. like, mom, I'm sick. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. Like, don't call anybody else. Don't spend another dime. Don't do anything. Yeah. I need to be here. And I thought that was the most incredible thing, you know, it was just like, wow. Yeah, they had, they had you know, I, I think because they had not been involved in any of it mm-hmm. before, they were scrambling to try to see if they could make a difference. And they were hiring lawyers yeah, and going in front of parole boards yeah. and doing everything that a, that a mom and dad would do, right? Mm-hmm. And they had gone in front of the parole board and it had gotten denied again. And, um, you know, I called that evening and... and uh, and she said, well, they denied it, but this is our new strategy. And I just said, Mom, stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. I was like, don't spend any more money. Don't spend any more time. I said, listen, at this point in time, I'd been there about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's obviously still something here for me to learn. Mm-hmm. So let's stop fighting and just let me learn it. Yeah, can we, you could just, right, I want to just, you know, go there for a minute. I'm, um, and just so much coming as you're talking, but I'm at that stage in my career where I'm old enough to have friends who have adult children. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's weird, though. Even if I'm hearing you, man, it's like, and we're about to do this thing with our game changer speakers. It's like, yo, bro, when I was in my 20s, what I talked about, my 30s, what I talked about, like I'm at a point in my life now where I spend a majority of my time counseling affluent people about their kids. And affluent people who like blew out the frame, like how did this happen to us? Like we don't drink, we don't smoke. You know, like we, th- this is how we raise our children. 
you know, and I have some people I'm very close to who have children who are just like, literally, like you said, they just off the charts and, and the parents are just like, I, I don't, I don't think it's just the addiction. I think they feel some type of way. Like, yo, what do we do? Is it because I work a lot of hours right. and I'm not there for them? Like, how did this happen? And so if you could talk to the parents out there, because that, as you're talking about your mom who had to come to the prison for you, you know, who's now trying to scramble and get, what do you say to parents who do have money, who do have major connects, who are in a situation where it's like, why me? Like you said, it, from the top of the show, this is, I thought it was four times more likely if you live on Martin Luther King Drive. Right, That right. this would happen to you. I didn't know if you were on uh, Bel Air, that this is four times more like in Bel Air than it is on MLK. What do you say to these, what do you say to me as I'm talking to these parents who are just, you know, just losing it? Right, so I, I tell parents to quit focusing on why and how and start focusing on what. So, you know, you can, you're gonna spin your brain, you're gonna, you're gonna go crazy trying to figure out how did this yeah, happen, yeah. why is this happening, yeah, yeah. what did I do wrong? Yeah. You need to start focusing on what am I gonna do about it. Don't, we'll worry about why later. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do about it? You know, and then it's, it's at that point, you know, listen, don't let pride be the end of your family you know, there's so many families, particularly in these affluent communities, who don't ever talk about it. You know, I mean, like, I mean, my dad, you know, I, I sat in prison for three years. And, you know, my, you know, my, my dad was, you know, would be at board meetings and it's like, how's your son doing? Oh, you know, he's off studying, College. Uh, College. you know, yeah. So, so, last chance you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But it's, don't be scared to reach out for help. Like, don't be scared that um, people are gonna like judge you. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. Because, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, listen, I, I, I worked with this, this young lady who started this, uh, um, this not-for-profit and they do these walks and, and, and it's, they bring awareness to, to heroin, the heroin epidemic. And um, it was because her sister had overdosed and died and they lived in this affluent community and stuff and the mom just, she wrote a, she got, she got a t-shirt and with a Sharpie wrote like stop heroin mm -hmm. and just started walking around her neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Well, her neighbor who they had never even really been that close saw her and came out and said, my son mm -hmm. is struggling. And now they started walking together. Mm -hmm. Well, now they do walks with thousands of people all wow. over the country, wow. right? But it's just because she showed, she, she took that chance yeah, and, what? and said, yeah. I'm struggling, my family's struggling, yeah. and this is something that we can do. Yeah. But that's what it is, it's, it's coming out of the shadows. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%, and I think the thing that, you know, for me is you look at it and you talk about years of, you know, maybe being in recovery or somebody who, you know, is not, you know, necessarily, doesn't have that addiction, and we judge people, you know, based on their usage, like, oh, you're weak. Like there's something wrong right. with you, right? Like some, why aren't you able to, you know, uh, put this down? Don't you see how bad your life is? And I think what I've learned from you more, you know, um, is medically, right? Like there, there are some like medical reasons as to why 
you know, maybe I could go out and have one beer, two beers and be done with it. And you have to smash everything, you know, right. in the liquor cabinet. Absolutely. And there's medically reasons for that. Right. Because we don't think of that. And I, a, a lot of it is genetic, which you always talk about, you yeah. know, with your, your father and your grandfather and substance abuse. And, you know, that being the reason why you never even remotely wanted to touch anything, not because you were trying to be some prude who just could never have a drink of alcohol, but you saw what it did to your family lineage and you know you were aware of that. So talk to us about kind of the, like, like medically what goes yeah. on in an addict's brain versus somebody who's not an addict. Right, so you know, certain people um, genetically are predisposed, mm -hmm. you know. Um, certain people respond to and react to substances different than others. And we know this because of neuro, you know, neuroscience right. brain imaging test. Right. You know, we can see how someone responds to uh, a drink of alcohol, you know, person A versus person B. Looking at twin studies, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes a, one twin will act different than another, will respond different than another twin. So we, we, there's plenty of science out there that talks about this, but the, you know what, you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is is that this has any, this has something to do with willpower. Right, right, you know? right, right. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like you want to just snatch them up and say, "Stop doing that." Yeah, be right. strong. You know, it's like at what point in, in my life? I mean, you know, you, you know, when I look back at my addiction, like I, it, I had stopped having fun for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there was nothing fun about getting my water cut off. Now, remember, I had money. But I had to run a hose from my neighbor hmm. through my bathroom window into the back of my toilet so I could flush my toilet. Because I got my water cut off. It wasn't because I didn't have the money. It's because life was so unmanageable, I couldn't get the money to the water right. people. Right. Right? Wow. So it's not about willpower. And it's about, and I won't go into to too much on this particular, maybe I'll make a video. But I won't go into too yeah, much on this, but... Yeah. Please. But there's a part of our brain where drugs go. It's the midbrain. The midbrain does not make decisions. The midbrain does not judge, you know, you know foresee consequences. It, you know, that's all your prefrontal cortex. That's executive functioning. Mm -hmm. Your midbrain is survival. Yep. Eat, drink, fight, flight, mm -hmm. right? Purely instinct survival. That's the part of the brain that drugs go. So when you start pounding the midbrain with drugs, what's the midbrain think? That drugs are survival. Right, right. And that we have to have and the drugs. And it prioritizing it to as high survive. as water and food. Right, and, the more, and when you start doing more drugs than you are eating, then the midbrain just categorizes drugs as more important for your survival mm -hmm. than food. And then it just slowly starts going up on the chart. That's why you see, uh, you know, uh, you'll see a guy with a hundred dollar bill in his pocket digging through a trash can for food. Mm. Now you can go to a dollar menu and buy a hundred cheeseburgers mm -hmm. or you can go buy a hundred dollars worth of dope and go to dig. Trash can. So obviously you're saying that dope's more important mm. than food. Yeah, that's incredible, man. And, and I think that's the thing for people who judge other you know, addicts, and you see people, you know, uh, you know, an alcoholic, or you see somebody, you know, strung out on drugs, and we all, you know, they might ask you for a dollar, you know, and you kind of, you know, we all have those preconceived notions, and you look at people like, man, what's wrong with you? You messed your life up and stuff, and you know, things like that. But it, there, and 
there is a genetic thing going on and there's something medically going on. We, we would never say that to anybody who had cancer or anybody who, you know, came down with a, you know, a disease. We'd never, you know, shun that person or do anything. So real quick, I want to take you back to. Well, this is, well, this is the only disease that tells you you don't have a disease. Right. Mm. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, that's you take somebody with cancer. Now, there's, there'll be a little piece of denial, right? Mm -hmm. Like. This, surely this can't be happening to me, but, right. but it doesn't take long right. for them to be like, I got cancer. I got yeah. cancer. Come home and right. say, I got cancer. Yeah. I got cancer. Yeah. But for the addiction, yeah. like years will go by and they'll be like, I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. I'm not a drug addict. And so you come, so you come out of prison mm -hmm. um, and you kind of. So, so let me tell you. Yeah. So after I made that phone call to mom, said quit fighting, mm -hmm. two weeks, two weeks later, random reversal on decision by the parole board. I was granted parole. Wow. <laughs> Just randomly. Just out of nowhere. Out of letting go. Yeah. Yeah. Letting and they go. let me go. Yeah, that's, yep, that's so what, we, so what the take home from that is what was left there for me to learn mm -hmm. was total acceptance of my situation. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's heavy. Yeah. Yep. When I had total acceptance of my situation, mm -hmm. my situation changed. Right. And so you come, so you come out of prison, now, and I want to uh, like kind of start transitioning into how you mm. got into the field of helping people. And one of the reasons right. that I'm so glad you're here is because you do like you guys don't know Adam like like I do, but you talk about somebody who pushes the envelope, somebody who is you know constantly reinventing you know you know the way people think about addiction and all of these things. So you come out um, and and you actually get into a program for people in recovery right and you're able to now kind of go and learn about all of these things that you've been through and right. so i think that was you know one of the most incredible things is taking all of this negative that you've been through mm. now obviously you've been in jail so you've been sober for some years mm -hmm. and you're ready to not only educate yourself about your own situation and what happened but to start helping other people and so you go to Texas Tech. I went to Texas Tech for my undergrad. Yeah, and then come to Michigan State for graduate. And then came to Michigan State for my master's and my PhD. Yep, and so he, so, and. Because yeah, I got charged with six felonies, I pled down to three. Yep. So I figured I needed as many degrees as I had felonies. Uh, right, of course. Yeah. That was, that was my, that was my math. Silence it out. You know, I needed for, you know, if they got three bold reasons to not hire me mm. or to not listen to me. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give you three bold reasons why you should. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, can I say this real yeah. quick, though? This has absolutely nothing to do with that. But I want to demystify this whole, you don't need to go to college thing. And, and for me, this is the reason why I tell kids you need to go to college. This is where you meet CJ. This is where you meet Adam. You're not going to meet Adam. Or if I did meet the, the Adam, the, 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 you know, uh, big perm back in the day. That's a different Adam different. than the Adam now. And I'm just saying for real, man, I'm tired of hearing people say, and it's, it's because so many people, Adam, don't go to college versus those that do. I'm tired of hearing people say, yo, you don't need college. And maybe not to make a living, but to have a quality life. Like these are the individuals that we are meeting in undergrad and, and, you know, uh, advanced degrees, like beyond just the class, we all connected at Michigan State University. That's right. And I just think how different our lives would mm -hmm. be without each other. And then even from, you know, a practitioner standpoint, literally me hanging out with you and being with you solidified for me this different lane of, of scholar. 
Because right. when you grow up, typically, a scholar is a certain kind of person. Mm-hmm. And right. being around you, you know, and watching how you did it gave me hope that, yo, I could be myself. Like, I don't have to let peer pressure. So I just wanted to say that because you guys are talking about Texas Tech, Michigan State. Don't believe the hype. College is not just about degrees. There's a quality of people that you meet for, for life. Well, that, that these that's exactly right. It's not just about what happens in between the... You know, in between the bells, basically. You know, it's not just what happens coming out of the books, sitting in that classroom. It's about who are you exposed to. You know, it's about exposure. You know, and when I was running in the dope game and I'm running in the parking lots of concerts, I was exposed to a certain lifestyle. When I was running around Michigan State, working for doing research with, you know, major professors publishing peer-reviewed articles and hanging out with guys like you, my exposure was different. And when I had a different exposure, and then I had the knowledge and the skill set that came from my clinical training, my research, my studies, and then, you know, just the drive of I've got to, I've got some obstacles to overcome here because I have some, you know, I, I, I have a rap sheet. Yeah. You know, when you put all those things in, you know, then that's, you know, I, I remember seeing people in my, um, in my program, they would be like super stressed out. We'd have this like 30 page paper due the next day and everybody's kind of like freaking out. And, every, and everybody's like, why are you so calm? And I'm like, what are they gonna do? Lock me up? Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's just school. Different level of consequence. Absolutely. It's just school. Yeah. It's just school. Oh. Yeah. I'll do my best, I'll get the work done, and then we're gonna go on and live another day. Yeah, mm. yeah. no, 100%. And so, real quick, so in your own recovery, because there's people out there listening who may be addicted, a lot of people, of course, listen to E who, you know, are going through you know, substance abuse type stuff. I think one of the most important things that you said was you have all of the, like, so that's what's crazy, right? So imagine like your life, like everything in your life revolves around using, finding drugs, selling drugs, doing all this, and then you take it all away. You know, the thing that you said really helped you is now you have to like build a whole new life. Absolutely. Like, what are you doing on Tuesday? At three, when you're not just smoking chronic, you know what I'm saying? Or you're drinking all night. And, you know, like, so when you talk about, you know, some of those first steps, and, you know, I want to talk a bit about the 12 steps as well. But, like, you had, how did you build this new lifestyle? Like, how did you find new things? And did you have to replace old habits with new ones? Right. So what I tell people in, in, in early recovery that are attempting this new lifestyle, and they'll be like, well, what do I need to change? And the answer is very simple. Everything. Everything, right? Mm. Everything. You change everything. Your best, th- your best thinking got you here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Wow. Right. Yeah. Your best thinking. Yeah, your best, your best, best thinking yeah. got you here. Yeah. It may be time to hand the reins over for a little while. Mm. It may be time to try something a little bit different. I don't really care. You know, a lot, a lot of times, like old school twelve step stuff would be like, you know, you have to want to be sober. Right. I don't believe that. I work primarily, my, my main focus is working with the young adult population. I haven't met a whole lot of young adults who just want to be sober, right? But what they want are the consequences to stop. So you have to be willing mm-hmm. to try something different to see if you like the product. Hmm. Yep. You were willing to try all kinds of dope. Are you willing to try some different behaviors to see if you like the, if the consequences stop, if you like the new lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And, and you tell and what I tell, and what we tell people all the time is, listen, to g- give me 100 days. Yeah. If you don't like it, your misery is fully refundable. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 
Wow, your misery is fully fully refunded. You get right back to it. You get right back right back to the addiction. It ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that. that, But it. But practically, Adam, you you talked about your sponsor giving you right. So some instructions. Yeah. So one of the first things you know he told me was, I need I need you to sit down. I need you to make a list of all your drug paraphernalia. I was like, what? He's like, I need a list of all your. So I was like, okay, the you know, the blue glass pipe, you know, the straws. I had this list of about 20 things that were like my drug paraphernalia that always were within had, arm's length, right? You had a t-shirt with the <laughs> right? chronic. No, hidden pocket, little stash you know pocket saying? hat, yeah. you know? <laughs> I had a list of about 20 things. And he looked at it and he read over it and he looked at me and said, now you need to go find 20 things mm. for your recovery paraphernalia. Mm. You need to replace every single piece of paraphernalia that that. took you one way with a different type of paraphernalia that's going to take you another way. So I was... I was in meetings like, well, I don't have that, but pamphlet, let me get that guy, you know. Right, right. That's 19, right, (laughs) you know. Let me get the phone number from that guy. You know, I don't know that guy. I need Mm -hmm. to be able to, he's he's been sober for five years. Let me, he's awfully got something. Yeah. Something's working for him. Uh, Huge. And now you've been sober how long now? At the beginning of this month, I celebrated 16 years. 16, 16 years, wow. Wow. And so it's, it's. My sobriety can drive. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, right, no doubt. 16. You yeah. came off a permit. Right. And, uh, I was just learning permit last year. I'm good. Good to go now. I'm driving. And uh, so Adam, of course, when he, when he came to Michigan State, you know, he was from, from the south and was lost in the north. And, Cold. you know, we, my family kind of adopted him and, you know, no I brought him around, E and Carl. And hey, you got to give me at least one of, the, one of the classroom stories of Adam. Oh, oh I'll give you a story. Oh, okay, so here's <laughs> a story. I actually, I actually no told stories. this. Story. By the way, gave me a sense of hope oh, and confidence, man. and I too began to act a fool in class. I know oh, this is a more about, serious we, we podcast. About, yeah, we're not talking about K through 12. Right. Adam <laughs> gave us the blueprint for how oh to act God. in advanced degrees. <laughs> yes, get, our, get our power back from these professors. Oh yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, so I have I have several Adam stories that are pretty hilarious. Tell us a but, story, Uncle okay. CJ. Yeah, no, okay. Well, you know, hey, that's what I do. Um, so here, here's here's one that's funny. I'll tell you a class story and a non-class story. So a class story, we had this teacher, right? And so I wasn't smart enough to even remotely be challenging no thoughts in class. I'm about to go with the flow. So we had this teacher. Now, Adam oh, was no. like Mr. I know where college. he's going with this. He knew all of this stuff, right? <laughs> so we're sitting in this class, and the teacher gives us an assignment, and all we got to do is critique an article. Now, street smarts, my, I, my dumb butt heard the teacher say this was a dear friend of hers who wrote the article. So I'm saying, if your homie wrote the article, you making us read it and give a critique, I'm going to show love, right? Because I'm your people. That's just how we get down. Hence the word critique. Yeah, yeah. Let's pay attention to that word for a minute. So I go, so you know me. I don't even read the article. I'm just like, this was amazing. If if I ever had the chance to meet such a writer and a thought leader in this field, I milk it. I go all the way in. So we come back the next day, and Adam's like, yo, what'd you write? I was like, I wrote that it was the best article I ever read. He's like, dude. Can't do that in college. They want you to like push the envelope and challenge the system. I was like, all right, cool. So we turn in our papers. We both get them back the next week. I got like a 99. Adam said, 
uh, please consider revising or you're failing this particular assignment. (laughs) (laughs) So Adam was like, yo, what the? So I said, I was like, bro, I told you, you should have just went with it. So then Adam was like, oh man, this is BS, man. Back when I was at Texas Tech, man, they want you to challenge the system and the status quo and da, 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 da. So then he came back the next day. Article was garbage. Yeah, and then so that, but you're right. But he comes back the next day. I was like, what'd you write? I was like, it was a solid article. (laughs) 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 He got lied. Do what you got to do. So he got lied. So a non-classroom story. So this is the funniest thing. So I told this story at his wedding. So Adam comes up to Michigan. Now, me and Candace have been together for a while now, right? So we rocking heavy, you know, dating. We weren't married yet, but we're dating. And Adam comes up, and of course, he's, you know, huge sports fan. I'm a huge sports fan. Adam's got the big screen TV. He's got the surround sound. You know, he's got the games going. So on the weekends, come Saturday, college football, Sunday, NFL, Adam's hitting me like every weekend. Now, I know I'm like his only friend in Michigan. So I'm like, yo, I I got to come through for my man. You know what I'm saying? I can't leave him sitting there watching the games by himself. So like, you know, four weeks go by, and I'm over there every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and Candace is like, Okay, you over there quite a bit, you know what I'm saying? So now I'm like, hey, maybe you should just come with us. So I'm bringing Candace along, making her third wheel, because I'm like, I don't want to make Adam (laughs) feel bad. So I'm over there. I'm talking about every weekend. So now, there's a nice young lady in my class, beautiful young lady, and I say, hey, I need my brilliance again, right? I'm like, (laughs) I need to find this brother a woman, (laughs) because at least the four of us can hook up, you know, and do our thing, you know what I'm saying? So sure enough, I tell him about this young lady, they meet, uh, and I'm talking about from the first day, it, you ever meet them kind of people who like from the first day they met and like talked and had one good long conversation. They've been together every single day. And I'm talking about to today, married, what, eight, nine years now. Yeah. Kids got, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. But <laughs> it, like literally every single day since. So after they met, he calls me on like a Friday. He's like, oh, dude, you're right. Carly's awesome. I love it. So that weekend, I didn't get a call. I was like, oh, okay, that was strange. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking probably he wanted me to watch the game. Next weekend goes by, and I don't get a call about the game. Third week go by, no call about the game. Fourth week go by, and I'm like, wait, I ain't heard nothing about coming through to watch the games yeah. in about a month. So I pick it up. I'm like, I'm missing the camaraderie, missing the games. I got used to watching the games over there. I call him on maybe like a Friday, like, yo, what's up, bro? We uh catching the games this weekend? He's like. Oh, dude, sorry, man. Me and Carly got to go to Home Depot. <laughs> got a lot, of, a lot of running around to do. I'll catch you later, bro. I'm like, yo. Oh, I almost lost my girl. I almost lost my girl. <laughs> I almost lost my girl over Fully here. Fully with you. Right, man, you. I learned from you. I learned from you. I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not bro, doing that. I didn't see Adam about five months straight. And so, wow. uh, yeah, no, long story short, man. Unbelievable. Um, you know, we've been rocking, man, a dear friend of mine, both him and Carly. And congratulations. Because Adam, he, this is another funny story. He has a little girl, Harper. Of course, I had Trey. Now I got another one. So we were waiting on him to have his next one. And so Adam calls me and he goes, man, I'm, I feel it. I got the boy this time. I just feel it. We're going in to check. I know it's a boy. You know, he's got Harper Joe. She's what, coming up on four? She's she just four. Turned four. Just yeah. turned four. And he's like, I got the boy this time. I know I got the boy. He calls me. He's like, it's good. I'm going into the doctor. I'll let you know how it turns out. But I'm sure it's a boy. I just feel it in my bones this time. The bones. Which yeah. bone? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Which bone? Femur. Pinky toe, yeah. apparently. Yeah, he calls me back out of the thing. He's like, uh, hey, listen, bro. It's a girl. 
I was like, okay. Mm. He's like, two of them. I was like, oh, whoa. Whoa. So congratulations, my brother. He's having twin girls. Congrats, and, uh, so now that'll be yeah. three little yeah. girls. And so your life will be better. Oh, yes, absolutely. Sure. You, won't have no, you won't have a whole lot of stress in your life. None. Yeah. For None. sure. Nah, so um, congrats on Stock that. Stock and Smith Wesson just went up. Yeah. yeah. No, no question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put some money in it with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> December um, is the due date, man. Yeah. And so congratulations, congratulations on that. Congratulations. And um, real quick before we jump into Ask ET, I just want to ask because you know, we in, in this field of speaking and motivation, we could talk about, you know, what you're doing for hours, man. There's so many incredible yeah. stories and things that, you know, I've heard. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about Adam, and I told the story about class and it didn't work out so well there, but in your professional life, you really have pushed the envelope on what treatment looks like and how to right. get people into treatment. Um, and, and you've revolutionized the field and people really look to you at these conferences and you're speaking and, you know, we always challenge the status quo in the speaking field, right? Like E with the hat on and, you know, the way we kind of come in and, you know, our raw in your you know, face kind of style and all of those things. So for people out there, not even just addiction, you know, but for people out there who are entrepreneurs or whatever, who just kind of stay inside that box, that proverbial box that we always talk about, how do you kind of look at, you know, a situation, assess the field and, and how have you been able to bring so much value and so much life into a practice that maybe have gotten kind of stale. I remember you would be like, would you believe they're doing this particular kind of treatment and they're telling people they need yeah. to go here and do this? And you've gotten so many people sober. I've, I've read letters that Adam's gotten from, you know, mothers who like, yo, I owe you everything because you've gotten our son or our daughter clean and all of those things. So how are you able to stay ahead of the curve and, and just, you know, that outside the box thinking as it relates to your particular field? Well, you know, Albert Einstein said, you know, the definition of insanity is making the same mistake over and over again, expecting different results. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time in our industry, the drug treatment industry, um, they've just done the same thing over yeah. and over again. Yeah. But the success rates are horrible. Mm. So, you know, the, the success rates of, you know, listen, a person's got to be in treatment for over 90 days for there even to be a statistically significant impact. Mm. And, but we keep doing the same stuff. They come to treatment for 30 days. You know, come this detox and let's do 30 days of treatment and you're you know, well on your way. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's insane mm -hmm. because it's not working. So, you know, basically what I try to do is you know, let's think of ways that we can do this different. Um, let's think of ways that we can um, not shine a big giant light on addiction. Let's shine a big giant light on recovery. Yeah. You know, um, when we go out and we try to work with, uh, to get people to come to treatment, you know, so many times people talk about treatment. Like, oh, but no, this place is nice. It's got nice beds and nice sheets. Listen, treatment isn't marketable. But you know what is? Recovery. Right, right. Don't sell treatment. Mm -hmm. Sell recovery. Mm. Sell what you're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And if we'll do that, then we can be successful. Yeah, I like that. But the other thing that we have to do is we have to learn, you know, the things that were the major obstacles in my life uh, for me to, you know, kind of like on paper, like the felonies and all that, you know, that kind of my background, prison, all that kind of stuff. You know what those things are now? 
Yes, yeah. Hmm. Stories of content. And That's right. right. Yeah. Tools for yeah. Tools, absolutely. You know? Right, but it's it's yeah. credibility. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Right. It's like, e, why do you yeah. always tell the story about eating out of trash cans? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it makes what what you do now so in, incredible. When you, when you hear about me sitting in prison and me selling dope and all those types of things, it makes what I'm doing now credible and yeah. incredible. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, credible, credible and, and incredible. incredible. I've never heard them. And, when, I, and when you do those types of things, then all of a sudden, those things become your tools yeah. of change. Yeah. You, know, you know, listen, I was, I was speaking to a, a college football team the other day, and I was talking to them about my story, and when I start off and I'm telling my story, they're, 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 they're kind of engaged, but they're like, I don't really know who this guy is. But when I started talking about like prison, all of a sudden people's ears perk up, right? And now they're hanging on every word. And by the time I get to the end of my talk, like these guys are like in it, to win it. They're lining up to shake my hand, you know? It's it, because it's that, because like all of a sudden there was a connection. Absolutely, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a connection in this industry we can't just line people up, treat them as usual, cookie cutter type stuff. Yeah. It's got to be individualized. We've got to sell a story. We've got to connect with people and we've got to sell them on where they can go. I love it. Yeah, no, I love it. And, and man, that's uh, critical, man. And we, we talk about, you know, that optimism thing. You know what I mean? Just like you, you, you got to sell the hope. You know what I mean? You got to sell the, the thing that, you know, shows them that other side. And so I agree. Um, and I love it, man. And that's why, you know, I've, you know, just been admiring your work for, you know, so long. You know what I mean? We went to school together and, you know, we just keep up regularly. And I see all the, you know, groundbreaking things that you're doing and the success stories and, you know, just person after person that, you know, it thanks yeah. you for all your hard work and what you've done to get their child um, sober or get yeah. them sober. And, you know, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important work. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's super work. important. And um, like you said, unfortunately, you know, it's not going anywhere. You know that we, we see the the rise in the you know, heroin thing, I'd and you know, I I recently had a family member, you know, my cousin who I told you her husband, you know, died of an overdose, you know, on the couch. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And um, just just tragic stuff. You know what I mean? And hard stuff to deal with. And um, you know, I I thank you for you know getting clean and, and staying uh, clean yeah. and, and doing this work yeah, now. Resource for us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm blessed that we got, you know, I work, you know, I work for a company, Bradford Health Services, and we have different facilities that do different things and offer different lengths of stay. But, you know, we talk about that 30 day model and, you know, luckily we've got the reprieve, which is for young people. And yeah. this is a, you know, I get to go in there and, and see these guys. We have a men's and a women's, but they're there for a year. Mm. We get them for a year. Mm. You know, and, and, and to watch that change, that process change. And we do, you know, once we, you know, once we get the drugs out of the system and people start to, you know, the lights start coming back on again, you know, then we can work with them on academic readiness, career development. Mm. You know, we get to do these things yep. because the most, I, want, I know we're running low on time, but I want the most important thing that a person in recovery can do is build their, what we, what we call recovery capital. Mm. You know, people ask like, you know, do you, do you ever think about using anymore? You know, not really. 16 years, I haven't thought about using in a long time. But one of the reasons is because I've built so much recovery capital in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife, my children, my job, my career, my relationships with people like you guys. All of that is recovery capital. 
And if I use, I lose it. Mm. So it's easier, a whole yeah. lot easier yeah, yeah, yeah. to wow. not use yeah. when I establish this recovery yeah. capital. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can help these people, particularly the young people, build recovery capital, and then it starts to it starts to make using you got more to lose a lot uh, less yeah, attractive. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I got you, man. And um, yeah, that's uh, man, it's heavy stuff, man. I wish we could talk about it forever. Um, you know, we 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 definitely will have you back on to talk yeah, you know, more about sure. it. I, I was going to ask you, how come we never had Adam on? Before? Yeah, no. Nah, well, you know, you know, I wanted to make sure it was it was right wow. the right timing and you know mm-hmm. the whole thing. So. Uh, we'll get Adam back on and, and take your questions. Like I said, guys, I, I I know I have tons of people, you know, in my family and friends, you know, who are, you know, addicted to substance, who have had issues with, you know, substance abuse and those kind of things. And anytime we can bring somebody of, you know, Adam's elk to the podcast to kind of shed a light on what's going on and how you can help folks and, um, you know, just take, you know, what what is, uh, you know, uh, an epidemic you know, and, and try to do something about it. I think uh, we're good. So speaking of health, Organifi is a sponsor of this podcast, man. We want to shout out to Organifi. The uh, green juice powder is just going crazy right now, Carl. I see a bunch of our BU uh, family everybody on it. On it Everybody's on it. Everybody's feeling good. Adam, we'll make sure we get you some before Everybody's you get ready out of here. Adam. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the organic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you, I got. I, I brought. I did not make the same mistake. I brought it with me, so when Ooh, we were in Philly, not, New York, I had, I had, you, it. Yeah, I had it. Yeah, I, I got it. I you got know. red, orange, <laughs> green. Yeah. No, got you, you got. Yo, you got all of them. Yeah, the red juice is definitely going in, man. So for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know Organifi is you know something that we live by these days. Organifi, go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G A. N-I-F-I, Organifi.com. Use the promo code SUCCESS so you can get 20% off your order. And um, try it out, man. Let us know what you think. We got a bunch of people that are writing us in every day saying, hey, thanks for the Organifi. I feel better. I put the energy drinks down. I don't even drink coffee anymore. I'm just on the Organifi. And so, um, yeah, we shout out to you guys for not only going to check it out, but writing us and telling us what you think about it. All right, E, let's jump into a couple questions here. Um, so we can get out of here and get to our, our game changers, our speakers are in the building. I see them over there. They're ready. They're hungry. We're going to have a great day today. Um, real quick, Mike in Rhode Island said, E.T., which one of your habits do you most contribute to your success? Um, just consistency. Sorry. Consistency. You know, just wake up, like wake up every morning at 3 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Just consistency. That's the one I think, Adam, you talked about before with, you know, for each negative, you know, to your credit score with drugs, with degrees. And I feel the same way in terms of capital. Waking up every day for me at three o'clock in the morning is like, yeah, whatever. So yeah, which is why I'm loving a hundred day challenge mm-hmm. because it's crazy, Adam. I'm putting up way better numbers in terms of running and walking, like consistently eight, nine. I did 16 miles the other day, 40,000 steps. Never happened before. But it's like I'm just doing a little every day. Did you do like I'm anything not, else that day? I'm not. I'm not. It's funny. I met with Rob, our guy Rob. Rob was like, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. Rob was like, yo, E, let's go. I'm like, bet. First thing was, where can we do breakfast? And I'm like, bro, let, why, sit, why are we sitting down for an hour? I said, just put your shoes on. You go eat when you want to. I go right, eat when right, I want right, to. Right. I'm not even hungry. Right. I'm, I'm not even hungry, bro. Six o'clock in the morning. And we walked literally. We had a two-hour meeting. Hmm. And we walked and he was like, yo, e, I got 11,000 steps. I'm like, absolutely. And we just walked around Philly, you know, and I also told him this. I said, you know what? I'm learning about the walking meetings 
they're really more in depth because when you sit down, whether you know it or not, you're stagnant. I mean, you're static. So, so yeah. the conversations are semi-static. When you walk in fresh air, moving, I was like, Rob, our conversation, I like, we ain't never had no conversation like this before. So, yeah, the consistency, man, is my thing. Luke in Seattle said, who's the most sensitive member of the podcast? Mm. Sensitive? Yeah, definitely. Well, define sensitive. I won't answer definitely. that, but yeah, I think I know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> I define sensitive oh. first. Yeah. Yeah. Who you say, Carl? <laughs> But when you say, yeah, define sensitive. Define sensitive. I, I, hey, y'all keep oh, asking for no, no, no. Okay, so questions. I'm just saying, me. this is what I took. Yeah, yeah. I took as sensitive as the person that's more like, oh, yeah. not sensitive as if no, you no, say no. something yeah. to Oh, yeah, so. so yeah, because it could go both. either way. Okay, okay, so Carl is the most. Oh. No, 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 Carl. Which one is Carl? Which one am I? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we don't know each other well enough. <laughs> I can tell you who's not the most sensitive. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that wasn't the question. Yeah, we can narrow it down uh, that way. Liam in the UK said, have you ever had, have any of you ever had a near-death experience? Every time I ride in the car with you, he drives. I'd say, um, what Didi almost had one with the fire. I don't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you almost burnt the house down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you never had one? Not that I can recall, no. I had a couple car accidents that was... I had one with black ice that was pretty bad, but that's that's about it. Yeah, and he, anytime he drives, I feel like, <laughs> I, like I I used to like. He's a gorilla, so. No, I used to let yeah, he, he drive to like like if he would pick me up or something, we'd just be like <laughs> rolling the campus. Right. It's like five minutes, and I didn't want to be like, yo, let me. It's right up the street. Let me. So, he's but a now control he, freak. He, he pulls up in the driveway and just put it in parking, bro. Walk I'm just saying. I say he's a control freak. Cause everybody else get in the car with me, and they never. They uh, never. Now that ain't. No, that Carl ain't never true. drives. Carl ain't never drives. Because Carl drive. can't ne- necessarily <laughs> whip drive. I'm <laughs> saying ain't the greatest. The Barbados left is still a thing. Hey, hey man, hold on, Adam. Have I not built up enough credit since no, the one mistake? I ain't gave you a shot. What's the common denominator here? Yeah, I'm not happy with somebody else's drive. Always. Okay, so let me tell you this. Period. Let me tell you this. I drive Ken around. See, he's the only. One. And like he said, Carlton drove 50 times and he get to a car accident. Right. But he got that oh, one thing. I'm hearing about he black ice and the Barbados yeah. left. I never heard about the black ice. <laughs> what a no, black ice yeah. no, I mean, he was in church. He came this to church the next day. Right. When Scared. we on the highway, every time you he's driving, you hear. <laughs> and so I'm like, dog, we've hit the rumble strips twice in, in the last two minutes. And this is what he says. Oh, that's what they there for to remind you I'm to get saying, home. Exactly. I ain't got into no accident, but I'm saying we in London. He got a problem with my man driving. Oh, for like, sure. He got a problem with everybody. Oh, oh yeah. Person, you know, my man on the it, wrong side of the yeah, street. I'm not feeling I, that. So, I got sick. So I'm saying I it has sick. nothing to do with Eric Thomas. he had, and he don't want to say it. Everybody's been talking about their animals. He is a gorilla. He needs to be in control. It's bottom line. So he makes up these good reasons for why he got to be. He just can't admit that he got to be in control. We end up taking a three-hour yeah. walk to a six-minute walk. I'm just saying. He can't admit. He cannot admit that he's a control freak. So he'll make up these good reasons for why he has to be in control of everything. It had nothing to do with car. It's the podcast. It's the, let's not go there. Give me the next question. I don't usually say nothing, but like every now and then it's all with like the gorilla. It's sensitive right yeah, now. Yeah. That's what it yeah, sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying with the gorilla, and my wife is the same. 90% of the time, I don't say nothing to her, but every now and then, I gotta let her know, <laughs> you're a gorilla with a stripe in the back, and you need to control yourself. Silver back. Yeah. Silver yeah. back. Yeah. She got a nice yep. little line in the back. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, here we let's move on to this. He mentioned working on his temper, which it looked like he losing it now. So we might have to be rebaptized. <laughs> John said, E, you mentioned working on your temper. Besides being rebaptized, what steps do you take on a daily to make sure your temper doesn't reemerge? I'm also struggling with the same thing. Well, I wouldn't say it's a daily thing because I don't have a temper. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the dude that walk around with a temper. Um, it's, it's incidents. And one of the things that I had to realize was I don't like when people try to control me. You know, I felt like, and I never really acknowledged it, but with my mom, and I know why she did what she did, but what happens, Adam, is, you know, and I, I know my mom's listening, I don't mean any disrespect, but you have, you talked about drugs, you have a different relationship. So for my mom, this is a person she married. So there is a relationship that they have. This is a person that became my father, and I didn't necessarily have any say so in it. Right. My father's old school, you know what I'm saying? He's old school. So there, there was things that he did to me that I think probably a great father would do. But don't go as well when you don't have a relationship. When you have a relationship mm -hmm. with people, when you discipline them, it's different when you don't have a, and my father and I, for whatever reason, we never really had that emotional, when I was 13, 14, that emotional tie. So there's some things that he did. And I just feel like we live in a society sometimes where People are bullies, bro, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, police sometimes are bullies. Teachers, uh, professors are sometimes bullies. And I'm the type of dude, and, you know, Carl, they know me. I don't get in your space. Like, I'm not that dude, like, with a temper like that. I'm not, if C say he want to drive, I'm not the dude that's going to fight with you. Take the keys. If Carl get in and Carl don't want to drive, I'm like, I'll drive us four hours. Like, I don't care. But what I hate is that I'm the dude that always Accommodate. accommodate and then you want to just kind of like strong arm me and that's when I get a temper so I've never just with Carl just went my off on Carl. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying I never advantage. went off on Carl. We, I've been together with Carl forever. I've never been like raw Carl. I'll, I'll back down if he feel like I'll back down, but I don't like when officers say you can't I'm like whoa, what do you mean? I can't I'm a citizen like you can't because you got a badge you can't so what I've had to do is I've had to tell myself in those situations, yo, E, is not that deep. Like, yo, like, just let it go because what it can become is way worse right. than if you just leave it alone. But I'm, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that, you know, as a man growing up in this country, you know, the story that changed my life was the story of Emmett Till, where you have an authority figure that can just knock on the door Come take your grandson out, kill him, and you're not even held accountable. I think my man didn't go to jail for it until he was probably in his late 70s, early 80s. You know, and so I look at people who are accommodating, and sometimes they get pumped. And I'm just letting folks know, like, don't get it twisted. Like, I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to hurt nobody. But when, it, when in my space, don't try to disrespect me. It's what you said. Because you're the teacher. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. Mm -hmm. I can't push the envelope, and there's some teachers who, who say, we do, yes, that's what academia is about. But you have some teachers who have a low self-esteem, or they use their power in a certain way. And so I just had to realize there are people in our country who get pulled over by the police, who challenge them in a way that they don't want to be challenged, and let's just be 100. They lose their life. You, you know what I'm saying? These are incidents, and it's not necessarily just one group. And so for me, it's like, yo, E, don't make it, don't connect 
what you're going through right now with all of the history. And I think that's what I used to do wrong, Adam. Right. Like, as soon as my man, it's like the Hulk. You know, I'm saying, whoa. Like, he becomes all the teachers that disrespected me. He becomes all the bullies that disrespected me. And I'm like, nope, I'm not having it. And God was like, no, it's an isolated incident, E. Leave it as an isolated incident. <clears throat> but I will say this to you. I do think that there are times that you do need to stand up for yourself or you do need to stand up for others because there'll be times that I'm like, you know, in different cities and I see things happening and it's like, e, leave that alone. But there are times when I'll see, I think somebody disrespecting somebody that I need to stand up for that person and say, yo, that's too much. Like, you know, don't go there. So I would just say to that person, get to the root of it. I had to get to the root of it. And I'm not saying that my parents are wrong or right. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I know my mom listens, uh, you know, to all the podcasts. So I'm not saying just, that they were. Just in case. Yeah, that bit. yeah that, they're wrong or right. I know exactly why my mom did what she did. But it's what you said, Adam. People respond to drugs differently. And for whatever reason, I, I respond to somebody trying to lord their power over you. I respond to that differently. So like I said, Carlton can attest to it. I've never gone off on some little old lady. I've never been to church and going off on somebody, even people who I know, whatever. But there are there is that space when I feel like you're using your power and authority in a way that's not fair, that I feel like I've got to stand up and let you know, like, yo, don't do that. And I'll, I'll start here. I'm just being real. I'll start here. But then when they push, I'm like, yo, I got to I, I got to push back. But I, I don't think that, you know, I'm just like the dude who just walk around with like, you know, just an no, attitude, not. you know what I'm saying? Definitely so I'm just saying to my man who's standing, he needs to get to the root of his anger. And once he gets to that root of it, just put yourself in a position. And I also do this, see, I do think through a lot of that stuff more. I think I used to get caught off guard before, right? You know what I'm saying, Adam? I just, boom, and I just like, I'm going. Now I gotta be like, I wake up saying, God, if this happens today, <laughs> this is how I like to react. I'm yeah. hoping I can react that way. And, 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 and you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I've overcome I'd probably give myself like a 7.5. I do know that I start, okay, step one, that was great. It didn't work. Step two, we good. But once I, Adam, get to step three, I have not managed once we get into that third tier, that, 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 the, the uh, dimension, that third dimension, Adam. I'm not strong enough once you pull me into the third outer dimension. I just kind of had that out-of-body experience, you know. So, yeah, definitely working on it, though. I call it playing the tape all the way through. Yeah. Like if I react to a certain thing or if a certain thing happens, I have to be prepared in my mind that if I behave a certain yeah. way. So you look with drug and alcohol, it's like if I use, yeah, it's going to feel good in the moment. But if yeah. I play that tape all the way yeah. through yeah. and I watch the end, yeah. I know where it's going to take me yeah. because it's taking me. I've seen that movie before, yeah. but it's easy to forget the ending. When you get caught up on the yeah. on the beginning plot, sometimes the tape look all right when I'm just. <laughs> no, no, and I'm saying, right. and, I, and I am saying That's that a decent tape of me just <laughs> mopping my man up, flick, yeah. you know talking crazy to me. You know, but and, I, and, and the reason why I think that what you just said is so important is because I have noticed sometimes in my community that when you when you do what I do, that humble whatever, there are people who Adam just so ignorant that they try to abuse it. And I've seen sometimes that when I go off and I stand up for myself, that it's better at the end. You know what I'm saying? It, right. To me, it's, it's like sometimes going off works. Yeah. But, but what I don't like about it, Adam, is, and this is why I've had to be cautious, is I don't like what my daughter sees when mm. she sees my fa her father like that. And I know why I got to do it. 
but my daughter doesn't. And I don't like for my wife to be like, yo, that's so not because I'm not that dude, Adam, like on a regular basis. Like I'm not that dude, you know? And so for me, there have been times that I felt like, yo, it does work because I would, I would hope, like I say about my, what I learned from my mom, I would hope that with my kids and you don't want to spoil them and give them too much power, but I would hope that it's like, yo, let's talk it through at least. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, ma, no disrespect, but you just like, this your life, and you threw me in that life and was like, this our life. Right. And I'm like, yo, I never really, I ain't really, <laughs> at no point, that I ever really feel like this was our life. I felt like that's your life. You know what I'm saying? That's something that you enjoy, but I don't know that I ever caught it. So I do think sometimes, Adam, this is the best way to do it. But as a leader, I also know that you have people who are watching you and they don't always know the, like you said, that gray area, Adam, they don't know that gray area. So I'm learning I have to be cautious because I am a leader now and people are watching. But it's still hard. See, to my man, I'm not going to make it like I got rebaptized and now it's just a yellow brick road. It, it's not, that's, not, that's not the case for me. And yeah. I may be struggling with it forever. Is it addiction, Adam? Maybe. <laughs> gray <laughs> area. Gray area. Right. Dr. Wide. Downs, man, yes, thank you, my brother. I love you. Appreciate yeah, you coming up. You, too, yeah. you know, uh, coming yeah. on the podcast, man. And uh, also, shout out to Carly. Adam helped me get my master's, but uh, Carly helped he get his PhD. Uh, yeah. So uh, we would be remiss uh, if yeah. we didn't shout out the lovely Carly Downs, um, love you too, man. That's, that's the real for, Dr. Downs. Oh, yeah, let me no, tell you something. Sure. She is so, and you know what I love about her? That I, and this is why your specialty and people have to become who they are, because I'll never forget the first thing she saw. She said to me, E.T., you got to, she was like, where is the speaking E.T.? She's like, why is he right. not in here? Right. And I was like, Carly, I didn't know he could be in there. Because all the stuff <laughs> right. I read, and I don't, don't see no, like I, it. don't sound like that. Uh-huh. And she was like, yo, don't let them box you into that's that's their style of writing. Put that. And she said, Adam used to say I used to have the same problem with Adam. I'd be like, Adam, why don't I see you? She's like, Eric, I read it. And in terms of you trying to do what they want you to do, oh, I see exactly what you're doing. She said, Erase Dry. it. I do not see Eric Thomas in here. Dry. I want you to throw that paper away. He was like, oh, shred it. Yeah. I can do I that. I was like, can words and everything. <laughs> yeah, she, she was, and that's what she said. She said, just give it to me raw. And then I'll show you. She'll clean it up. I'll show you how to do it. And I was like, I got it. And even yeah. in my speaking now, because of her, I, I find myself being able to go there, but then being able to still be E.T. in the moment. So, yeah, Carly, I, and, you know, I'm always trying to, every moment I get to say thank you to her, I'm trying my no hardest no to say thank you. So, no yeah. No yeah. Um, real quick, man, we got people out there who are listening who, you know, may be struggling with you Yeah, know, can Adam uh, do the uh, nugget of the day? Yeah, for sure. Why don't you first, why don't you first um, let them know how they can reach you, where they can reach you, because we have, like I said, you know, there, there's individuals, maybe a family member, you know, son, daughter, or uh, themselves who, who need some help and, you know, need to yeah. go to that next level. Um, how can they reach you? Well, you can, you can reach me directly um, by email, um, adamd at bradfordhealth.net. Um, feel free to go to, uh, you know, Bradford Health Services. Just Google it. Go to our website. Yep. See all our different service. The Reprieve Experience, thereprieve.com. Yep. Um, They'll be able to see all the stuff that we're doing, yeah. um, how we're reaching out to people, okay. um, and you know, contact me directly. Uh, feel you know, absolutely email me, um, and we'll do anything and everything we can to to help you out. And just a quick word, maybe uh, we call it the nugget of the day around here, but a nugget of the day for somebody who is struggling with addiction, man, and they're they're listening to ET regularly, trying to 
um, you know, get out of that, you know, that darkness. A quick word to uh, uh, somebody who's struggling. You know, the, the biggest thing I can tell somebody that's struggling is, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, you know. Uh, never alone, never again. Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, uh, we can do something that you can't do alone and that there's, you know, there's absolutely hope at the end of this. Like, it's never too late. Mm -hmm. It's never too late. I don't care if you've, you've been in prison, you've been in hospitals, you know, jails, institutions. If you're breathing, you got a chance. If you're breathing, you can change this. And, and I, all I can say about recovery is you cannot possibly fathom how incredible it is. Love it. Man, I, I appreciate you, Dr. Downs. Love you, brother. Hey, man, shout out to everybody listening to the podcast. Go leave us that review on iTunes, man. And, um, yeah, from, from all of us, man, much love. We'll see you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul. With all Yo, your what's up? It's your boy, E.T. Look, man, first and foremost, man, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there. Look, we got a special announcement. I know it's a lot going on in the country right now. And um, on behalf of ETA and the ETA family, you know, we're trying to do our part to bring inspiration and hope. And uh, we've decided, you know, over the last three or four years that the school system across this country is going to be what we focus on. And so uh, there's so many causes right now. Every single cause, guys, uh, we should give our attention to, you know. But uh, we've picked our spot, you know. We've got to the spot. And we've been trying to help our teachers here. And look, let's just be honest. Our teachers are going through so much. They are underpaid you know, underappreciated, undervalued, right? And we've been doing our part uh, on YouTube as well as visiting different schools and different school districts across the nation and really just giving them tools that they need to help our students be the best students they could be and to dominate, you know. Let's not forget, you know, we are a superpower. And in order to stay there, we've got to do our part to help America's future. So we, we, we need your help. Look, we don't ask for favors often, but we need your help. We want to show these teachers how much we value them. And so what we're asking you to do uh, is to donate. Look, so uh, on behalf of AT&T, I just want to shout out to Ron and my boy Sean, who sent phones, uh, who sent iPads and tablets uh, for our kids and other trinkets. And so we're asking you to do the same thing for us. Look, we're asking for anything. Um, Chipotle cards, you know, Chick-fil-A cards, Starbucks, get them a, a latte. But we want to show our teachers how much we love them, how much we care for them, how much we value them. And while we can't be in the schools, you know, helping them every day, uh, we can show them how much we care. So do me a favor, uh, send it to a, attention to school days. That's 11615 Hartel, Grand Ledge, Michigan, 48837. Again, school days. I want you to make it attention to school days. That's 11615 Hartel, and that's in Grand Ledge, Michigan, 48837. So once again, Let's help our teachers make our students great. It's your boy, E.T. Thanks so much for your support.